and morning. Welcome back to Let's Talk Sports on another episode of Morning Talk. Thank you for joining me on my ride to work on this uh, not-so-sunny hump day. It's Wednesday, June 26th. And let's get to it. So what are we talking about today? So today I wanted to talk about uh, a couple things, a couple interviews that went down yesterday. So yesterday, Messiah Drury, the president of the Toronto Raptors, had his season-ending press conference. So we'll talk about that. And interestingly enough, uh, Andre Gudala from the Golden State Warriors has got a book out. He's been on a, you know, on a promotion campaign, <laughs> discussing his new book, and of course, talking NBA. And yesterday, his his interview with the Breakfast Club came out. A really good interview, by the way. I strongly recommend you guys check it out if you haven't. So yesterday, he had an interview with the Breakfast Club. They asked the real questions, some very good questions, and he really went in details on it. So shout out to Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, you already know. So let's get to it. So season-ending press conference for Masai Jury. Again, congratulations to the Toronto Raptors, our 2019 NBA champions. Of course, the most important thing we wanted to know is, is Messiah Jury coming back? I've said it before. I hear a lot of rambling about what Kawhi's one year in Toronto has done and Kyle Lowry's legacy. I'm not trying to hear. The greatest Raptor of all time is Messiah Jury. The man is the goat in my eyes. The risk that he took this year, the decisions that he made with the trades, especially the the trade at the trade deadline for Mark, uh, for Mark Gasol, I think just really puts him up there, just makes you realize, um, well, not not that, really. What it does is I think it changes the way a lot of GMs are going to approach free agency and really championship runs. The man took a big risk. He took a guy who not only was the face on the franchise, was the future of the franchise. He was the present and the future, a man who had already who had already made public his loyalty to the city, his loyalty to the organization, a man who wanted to not only retire, but have his jersey retired in the rafters, in DeMar DeRozan, a man who thought that he was going to be a Raptors for life, a man who Messiah Jury weeks prior had told him he was not going to trade him. And he traded him for Kawhi Leonard to meet top three NBA talent player in the league, and look how that paid off. Paid off great. The men fired Dwayne Casey, the coach of the year, after a historical, uh, historical season for the Raptors. I had criticized the DeMar DeRozan trade. Didn't really criticize the Dwayne Casey trade. I felt it was something that was needed. A change was needed. It felt like the, the direction from a coaching standpoint, just wasn't leading them to the results they needed. So 
to me that was the right decision but taking a first year coach giving him an all-star uh, all-star MVP caliber player like Kawhi Leonard and asking them to take them to the promised land hats off to him so Messiah Jury was quick to uh, quick to confirm that it's always been about Toronto and I it, as he uh, as he said as the question was asked first word out of his mouth was yes uh, and of course he talks about how flattering it is to be scouted by other teams of course referring to the Washington Wizards sorry to the Wizards looks like you're going to have a rebuilding I don't think the Wizards are going to rebuild uh, we know they had that potential uh, Bradley Bill trade but they haven't moved on it they still don't have a president of basketball operations so that's, that remains to be seen what happens with that with that team but back to uh, back to the back to Messiah Jury and the Raptors that, that's great news Raptors fans should be happy no matter what the outcome is with Kawhi this free this uh, free agency uh, to know that you got like a Messiah Jury not only a man that's loyal but a man that's brought you the most success that uh, the franchise has ever seen and in that press conference he went as far as to say that this was the first in that he totally expects Toronto to win again. Messiah Jury addressed uh, a lot of things. He addressed the incident in Golden State after they won the championship. The incident with one of the deputy sheriffs where supposedly there was an altercation where Messiah Jury might have pushed the sheriff. Uh, he addressed it very quickly, of course, not giving a lot of details, but saying that you know, he's leaving it to the authorities to address, and he feels confident that it will be resolved. I, I've said it before. It felt very petty to me. Uh, I personally feel in such a situation, I feel somebody should step in, whether it's uh, the owners of the Golden State Warriors, who I'm sure has a lot of cachet in that area of Oakland, or a politician, I mean, uh, using some diplomatic... Uh, some diplomatic uh, things in order to get this resolved <clears throat> and of course he went on to talk about the parade as well uh and and of course in great uh, great gm fashion he says look when you do things for the first time mistakes are made and of course as he as he mentioned he's hoping that they find themselves on that stage again winning another championship to rectify it we know the parade lasted over five hours when it was planned to be two and a half <clears throat> We know there was some security uh, issues at the parade. And, of course, referring to the the incident that I just mentioned in, in Golden State. So, I'm sure certain things that when they look back on, they can easily rectify and ensure that doesn't happen in the future. Either way, that shouldn't taint or tarnish the Raptors season or Messiah Jury in any way. Messiah Jury talked about his relationship with Kyle Lowry, saying how, for a moment, they were very... Uh, distant Kyle might not have been you know that motivated to play and of course it was understandably so after the trade and Masai even went on to say that how hard the decision of trading DeMar DeRozan was talking about he was in a hotel in Nigeria he had to walk up and down the, the hall for two hours before he could muster up the courage to call DeRozan and give him the news uh, just shows you the character of the man. Um, you know, a lot of times we hear it's a business, and we really, 
oversimplify it, not not understanding that these are still men's lives that we're talking about. It's their lives, their family's life. You know, it's their you know, it's their their way of living that's being affected in a second. So that was great and he explained how when the Spurs came to play Toronto Raptors, the Rosen came in the locker room, gave him a big hug. Uh, just that's a really big move from from the Mar DeRozan. Makes you really have respect for the man. And we've heard his interview uh, from a month ago where he says that he doesn't have any, you know, malice or bad will in his heart. So good to see him understanding the situation. Uh, I think DeMar was right. He was the sacrificial man. And uh, the truth is, I think Raptors fans should respect what he accomplished because the truth is him reaching the level uh, the level of success, the level of basketball play that he has is what even allowed him to be in a position to trade for Kawhi Leonard. Um, what I thought was also great, uh, Masai said he doesn't believe the trophy. Of course, the Larry O'Brien trophy has been to Africa. And he submitted his request to take it over there and I couldn't agree with them more I think the inspiration the you know we say all the time an image is worth a thousand words I'm thinking about these young kids growing up in impoverished environments you know not really having much to look up to to see a man that comes from their hometown come back to bring something that seems unachievable I think it's just gonna do a lot for inspiring and and really uplifting the youth and the next generation to come. We've seen Pascal Siakam from Cameroon win the most improved player of the year. Joel Embiid, a big a big personality, one of the top players in this league. Yanis Antetokounmpo. Uh, I know he reps Greece a lot, but Kawhi took, a, took the opportunity to conf- to clarify to us. I'm sorry, but Yanis is Nigerian. <laughs> And, you know, that's true. And, I mean, whether whether Giannis reps it or not, you know, I know he has an impact to a lot of Nigerians looking up to, looking looking at the league. Um, and on top of that, of course, he talked about the global reach of the NBA. Um, you know, as a fan, I, I can't help, as a fan and a black man, I can't help but feel like the NBA is the best league in the world. Um, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, football fan, but... We know all the things that's been happening over the last two, three years. And it's hard to look at it as a black man and not feel some type of way. So I have to agree the NBA is the biggest, is the best league in the world. And I think what they're doing on a global standpoint, um, I mean, we saw the NBA awards just two days ago. And, and many of the winners were international from Luka Doncic to Giannis to Pascal Siakam right I mean a lot of them are international uh might have been the most international the most international players to win awards ever it really just shows you the growth of the game and where it hopefully it's going and I know for a fact we can expect to see more international players we saw the draft we saw the draft happen last week, and most international players ever drafted. So I've, I expect this to just continue to to reach another level. Who knows what this might mean? Um, I know there are talks about, about well, sorry, in the press conference, 
they had questioned Masai Jury about having a preseason game in Africa, and Masai Jury said he pro- he guarantees it will be the Raptors. I think it makes sense, especially after uh, the boost of popularity we saw the Raptors uh, gain from their championship run. I'm sure they give them a lot of visibility around the world, and uh, I think, especially with the diversity on the team, what better team to really to really present to the uh, to the African public? So, so that's something remains to be seen. Uh, overall, I'm, overall, those were the highlights of his interview, of his uh, press conference, I should say. Again, Masajiri, the gold in my eyes. Great news for the Toronto Raptors that 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 he is staying for the for the future that it looks like they have a long future with Masai of course uh, the question of Kawhi came up but what was even funnier is the question about Vince Carter's upcoming free agency came up and they asked Masai if there was an opportunity to Macy Vince uh, uh, join the team and love his answer he said listen let me worry about that number one free agency first, of course, referring to Kawhi, and then we'll see what they can do. I, I'm one that completely agrees with that journalist. I really hope, I truly hope they bring Vince Carter back. I've held the grudge against the Toronto Raptors team, the franchise, the organization, for the way that Vince Carter was handled. Listen, we understand players get emotional, even though it's a business. I just felt the impact and what this man represented, not just for the city, not just for the team, but for basketball. I tell people all the time, I started watching basketball because of Vince Carter's highlights. Right? And... I just, I just felt, and really in a time where I felt the NBA, of course, I know yesterday I talked about Magic and Bird and their impact and the re, pretty much being the reason why we're able to watch the NBA right now, but I think at least for my generation, uh, there was a big shift in stars and personalities where they were talking Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, Steve Francis, and Vince Carter was really at the top of that, especially with his play. And to me, nothing would be greater, you know, for the story to come full circle, for Vince to come back to the team that embraced him, the team that made him famous, and really just hopefully bringing it back. Bringing back the championship, I mean. Uh, Messiah Drury did did address the roster. He said he is hoping to bring back everybody on that roster. Interestingly enough, just a couple weeks ago, I was talking to to my man, to my man Mano. By the way, episode out last night, great conversation with my man Mano. Uh, just re- recapping the NBA, the Raptors championship run, and of course, an interesting debate. Make sure you guys check it out. But uh, back to what I was saying. So, interestingly enough, I was telling my man Mano just last week. I said, "Hey, what if the Raptors run it back with that full team? Uh, most of the team is still under contract. Marc Gasol, uh, has the option to, of opting out. Uh, I believe they need to rework on Fred Van Vliet's uh, contract. And of course, there's the Kawhi Leonard situation. But if you are able to get that commitment from Kawhi, and I, I can certainly see." See a, uh, see a situation where the Raptors bring it back. They run it back with that same roster. 
However, I do truly feel even if they do run it back with that same roster, expect the trade mid-season, during the season, or at least before the trade deadline. One thing Masai Jury has always looks to is, and I think this is something he's learned through his years in Toronto, is you always got to look for opportunity. You always got to look forward and look for opportunities to bolster the roster, give your make your roster better, and cover those gaps. And of course, by gaps, I mean you know whether it be weaknesses on the defense, on the rebounding side, uh, on shooting, whatever it may be. So that's 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 kind of my prediction on that. That of course this is in the event they are able to run it back and bring back that team. He mentioned how Serge Ibaka came to came to see him and said, "Boss man, boss man, I think we can do win it again." So who knows? It'll be interesting to watch. As I say, Raptors fans should be happy. One thing I will uh, say. Had you asked me on the weekend, I was ready to come on uh, on my podcast and record and put it on wax that I'm predicting that Kawhi Leonard was coming back for the Toronto Raptors. But I have to be frank, all the reports coming out lately got me a little concerned. There's a lot of reports out um, saying yesterday, I don't know how true it is, reports saying that Kawhi is going to meet with the Dallas Mavericks. I know supposedly Kawhi already has a meeting booked with the LA Clippers on July 2nd. Uh, and of course, we know Kawhi is probably the most sought-after player. I'm expecting a couple teams, including the Nets, the Lakers, to also make a pitch. Uh, however, I have to say, I do still think that Toronto Raptors is the leading candidate to resigning Kawhi Leonard. Reason I say that is a few things. There's a lot of false reports out there, but we saw Kawhi go into a Blue Jays game. Kawhi had signed a deal with a jet company with the help of Drake. Um, I mean, his family is there. Kawhi is still in Toronto today as we speak championship was about two weeks ago it seems to me like a guy who's getting acclimated to the city a guy who's familiarizing himself with the city we saw him at the Blue Jays game getting a standing ovation it seems to me he's giving us all the signs of someone who's getting used to the situation uh, and used to the city and also as I think about it looking at the current situation in the NBA and of course I'm referring to all the injuries the insecurities and the free agency um, the uh, sorry the free agency frenzy that's happening right now with 40% of the league being a free agent there's a lot of uncertainties right now and I think a lot and I think Kawhi is looked at as the first domino fall that's gonna kind of dictate how a lot of this free agency is gonna go and with that said I think nothing's more secure. It's it's pretty much that quote, the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. So I can understand and I could see Kawhi coming back, trying to run it back, uh, try to defend that title. Uh, many people have talked about Kawhi signing a one-and-one, of course, meaning a two-year with the last year being a player option where he can decide, uh, op- he can decide to hop out of the contract and then be a free agent. I see that being a big possibility. And the reason I do is because it can't be about the money. I mean, Kawhi left the San Antonio Spurs. I know we know the bad treatment he got from the media. 
uh, all the things that were said with her by his teammates, by Popovich. But it can't be about the money because he he left fifty million dollars on the table when he came to by by asking to be traded. And by leaving Toronto, if I'm right, he is also going to leave another forty million on the table. So to me, it can't be about the money. And if it is about winning championships, you have just won in Toronto. The Clippers just had a great show against Golden State Warriors, taking them to six games with a healthy KD. But I think, frankly, nothing is really to tell us that they're ready for a championship and they need to bolster that roster a little bit more if they do want to win a ring anytime soon. So to me, it can't be about rings. It can't be about money if he decides to leave. And I think we've heard it a long time. It's just been really about him wanting to go home wanting to go back home in LA so if that is the case then the Clippers appear to be the favorite but there's also reports out saying that Kawhi is closely monitoring the Lakers situation see if they can free up space and I know he's worked out with LeBron this offseason so maybe this might have a little something to do with it but stay tuned uh all this to say I really uh I'm really uh back on the fence I went from being almost uh 90% sure he's staying to really being on the fence but I'm going to enjoy this free agency frenzy. I think a lot of craziness is going to happen. It's going to be real interesting. So stay tuned, man, because I think this is going to be lit. Next up, as I mentioned, Andre Gudala has been on his uh, promotional campaign. When it was on The Breakfast Club, they released the interview yesterday. Great conversation, by the way. Talked on a lot of great things. Uh, very interestingly enough, I've been very critical about the way the Golden State has handled the Kevin Durant injury situation. Um, Igudala touched on it. He talked about how last year he had a fractured, he had a fractured leg, but he was being reported as a bone bruise. Like I can't help but feel when he said that this is just another shot at the Golden State Warriors team the Golden State Warriors management and how they try to control the narrative. And in that case, in the Gudala's case, of course, trying to minimize what the what the injury really was. Um, he, of course, talked about the mentality in sports, how, how to be considered a great player, you need to be seen as tough. It's all about perception. And... You know, what you hear about players when they leave is, oh, this guy was tough. He played through injury. And he he talked about how, you know, guys hate on Kyrie, but Kyrie wants to retire early at 30, 33, because he wants to enjoy the rest of his life, right? So what we have to understand is this. Sometimes the guys can play through injury. You're right. But what is that going to mean for you when you're 40? What is that going to mean for you when you're 50? What is that going to mean when you retire from the game of basketball? Are you going to be able to play basketball with your kids? Look at the way Kevin McHale, look at the way Kevin McHale walks right now. The man played so many games on a broken foot, right? And right now, he's the butt of a lot of jokes when you see him just walking. So I completely agree with that. And of course, he related that to the Kevin Durant situation, seeing how course there's the media aspect questioning it and when he gets into a locker room his own teammates are like how you doing man how you feeling so the pressure did get there so and so 
don't want to dwell on the KD situation too much. We know he's out for the full season. However, Igudala did say that he believes both KD, both Clay, will be back next year. He thinks that they're going to come back to Golden State. Of course, he's making a quick pitch saying that he wants them back. So that'll be interesting. I do want to touch on something that's kind of close to me. Uh, make it clear. You know, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a hater, but I'm not a Golden State Warrior fan. However, I've been following the Golden State Warriors for quite some time. And the reason I say quite some time, I'm a big fan of Mark Jackson, his career, basketball career I'm referring to, and the great work he does behind the mag as a broadcaster. Him and Jeff Van Gundy, two of the best in the bu- in the business. Now, now, uh, so Igudala touched on Mark Jackson's coaching tenure, and reason I recommend the Breakfast Club is my man Charlemagne the God. Ask the real questions. He's not a journalist by any means, nor a reporter, but he asks the questions the people want to know. And he asks very direct question, does he think Mark Jackson, is Mark Jackson being blackballed? And his answer was yes. I think it's sad. I think Mark Jackson proven to be a great coach in the league. Now, question remains to be seen. Some people are saying he's a great coach to de- develop your talent. Uh, I think he's just a great coach overall. Seven years ago, the man came out, was on a on a post-game conference, and he said that Clay and Steph are the greatest shooters in NBA history. I remember the backlash. People said he was crazy, he's stupid. I remember that backlash clearly. Look at him now. And I'll be honest, I was one of the first, I was like, damn, Mark Jackson don't usually say ridiculous things. But I never doubted him because I know the man, the type of character that Mark Jackson was. And look how right he was. He saw this before everybody. Igudala took the opportunity to thank him, to praise him, say how great of a coach he was. And of course, he highlighted uh, part of the reason why there was a bit of... uh, There was a bit of, uh, how do I say, friction between him and the ownership and the reason he's no longer a coach. It's hard for me to defend. They're saying that he's views on sexuality, his views on same-sex marriage, things of the sort, is part of the reason why he's no longer in the league. You can understand, especially in this day and age, being that the NBA is so forward-thinking, so it's so progressive, it would have been hard to have a coach who disagrees with some of these views in this in this day and age. But mad respect, mad love for my man, uh, Mark Jackson. Again, a great interview on The Breakfast Club. Check it out on YouTube. Iguodala's books, The Six Man. Not sure if I'm going to read it, but uh, something that I got on my list for sure. Before I go, I want to send a quick shout-out. Again, the Raptors won the championship. Big part of that championship team, championship roster, organization. It's probably the most popular Canadian there is. Drizzy Drake. The rapper, the musician. Raptors won the championship two weeks ago. Drake took to Instagram to celebrate the victory. And 
of course really I, I think he was just drunk on Instagram but I already planned to to market his uh to really promote I should say his two new songs that really that he released on that same day I'm not an Apple guy so I don't have Apple music Drake's uh, Drake's uh, exclusive deal with Apple makes his uh, music only available on Apple music exclusively when it's out so uh for about three, what is it three four days four or five days I didn't have access to it and of course Spotify hits me with a notification two new tracks from Drake I don't remember exactly what I was doing but I pressed play on this song called Omerta. And um, 30 seconds in, I moved on. Now, Raptors winning the championship. I was expecting a celebratory song. I was expecting uh, a bit of what I call the pop rap, which is what Drake does a lot. He does a lot of very popular music that relates to a lot of people. Uh, And of course, still keeping the hip hop aspect still intact. So, with Drake, with these uh, songs out, I really just moved on real quick. And then, uh, I think it was last week, uh, got home, was in a bit of a funk, so decided to go for a walk, put my headphones on, press play. And then the second song that comes on after, of course, Money in the Grave with Rick Ross, pretty good song, is that Omerta song. And so I'm listening. Not making much of it. Then all of a sudden I'm like, holy Christ. Right? The reason I didn't really give it much of a listen the first time is there was um There's no chorus, no bridge, no hook. It's really just Drake dropping bars. But as I continue to listen. I realized, God damn, the man is going in. Take little shots at Kanye. Take shots at Benny Hanna's, the restaurant. Saying to him, Benny Hanna's is pigeon food. All this to say, I'm a big hip-hop fan. And uh, sorry to my man Drake. I disrespected the track. But man, I encourage you all to listen to it. If you listen to hip-hop, you like good music. The man drops some bars. Straight fire. Give the man a listen. Big shout out. But that's it for me today. That's my take on uh, on everything that went down today. Yesterday, I should say. Thank you all again for joining me this morning. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. Although it looks like it's about to rain. Thank you for joining. Top of the morning. Deuces.